Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So that means when God blesses me and I can bless others, what's happening? I'm getting blessed. See, the world says, no, to get blessed, you got to what? Yeah. God says, no, to get blessed, you got to. Yeah. So if I leave it to God and I'm used to bless lots of other people, guess what happens to me? Listen, get it this morning. I'm totally fulfilled in my inner being because that's what I was created to do. That totally goes against the world. Jabez's prayer might appear selfish at first. We should, though, take a longer look at his prayer in 1 Chronicles 4. We will see that Jabez was a good man who was trying to live a righteous life. However, he was surrounded by evil men. Jabez prayed to God and asked that God would bless him and enlarge his coast. Was he asking for wealth? He asked God to keep him from evil, the evil that surrounded him. Jabez prayed a righteous prayer, the prayer of a man who desired to live life right. We will see that God granted him what he asked for. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 9, for our continuing study entitled, Proverbs and the Prayer of Jabez. So God knows what he wants to do with my life as well as yours so that I will bring blessing to others. Look down at same chapter, look down at verse 9. The wisdom of Solomon says this. In his heart, a man plans his course or his days. Daily planner. But the Lord determines his steps. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means this. It is biblical to plan your life. It is biblical to have a plan. You need to have plans in concert with God. The book of James says, why are you planning a way out in the future? You might not even make it till tomorrow. But also the book of Matthew says, if you're going to build a tower, you're going to sit down and plan it out. So some people think, well, I want to pray this prayer. God bless me, then I might bless others. Good. Put something in front of me. Here we go. No, plan your day. Well, I'm just waiting for God to speak to me whether I should go to work today or not. <laughs> Let me give you a little clue. Go to work. That's God's plan. If you don't work, you don't. Now I know you're going to go to work. So it's not that kind of a deal. But what it means is simply this. When we pray... And we say, God, here's kind of the things we've orchestrated. That's what we're doing as we're getting ready to the next phase of this building. We've got all kinds of options that are going out out there. And we're praying, okay, God, man, we're here quicker than we thought. We don't know why we have to plan now. But it's up to you. Give us some wisdom. 
We don't know what's going to happen two and two and a half years. We don't know exactly how to put, take that sanctuary and where to put it. We don't know what's going to happen with the Christian school over here. Should we build three or five story? What should we do? What is your plan? Now, we're going to have to make some initial plans. We can't just go out there and go, well, somebody, everybody just start digging. We'll see what happens. So, so we have to make some plans. But in that, put down by that verse, remain flexible. Because God often will change our steps. That's what the verse means. That when I've made it, God will come in and go, mm-mm, we're going another direction. Remember Paul, New Testament? I'd like to go over to this area. God said, that's fine, we're not going there. Now, there's nothing wrong going there. It wasn't God's timing. So in all of our lives, that's involved. So when we pray, and you say, well, can I pray that kind of prayer? God, you bless me, but I'm going to leave how you bless me and how, how you use me. Do you trust God enough to leave that to him? You ought to because God's plan for you is good. Do you know that God may send me a big trial as a blessing to me? Paul was sitting one day. He'd been praying for God to bless him. You know where he ended up? Prison. Chained to the guards. Do you know what he writes? Don't ever pray for God to bless you. Miserable place. No, that's not what he wrote. What he wrote was this. To his young disciples, God has me here. I'm going through some tough times, but the gospel is being advanced. So God can use a trial in my life to be a blessing to me. Also, that grew Paul spiritually. You say, I don't like to hear that. I don't like to hear it either. But the Bible teaches it. So that's the balance we're talking about this morning. Now, with all of that, you need to understand simply this. Pray and discover God's plan for your life. How do you do that? It's on a daily basis. It will be awesome. God's plan for you is better than any plan you'll ever devise yourself. I have no fear of asking God to bless me. You see, one of the greatest dangers, and this weekend the elders were away and we were we spent as part of our time fasting and praying for direction, for the vision of this fellowship as he continues to do that. And one of the things I shared with the elders was this statement. Listen to it carefully. One of the greatest dangers is the believer's reluctance to put aside their own agenda so they can see what God is doing and join him. You see, the reason I would say to God... I don't want to pray this prayer that you would bless me and then leave it to you is because I don't trust God with my life. Now, what a foolish thing. You have a wonderful Heavenly Father this morning. So do I. His plan for me is the best ever. Jeremiah tells us that. And when I understand that plan, what's going to happen in my life? If I allow God to work His plan in my life, He'll bring the blessings He'll bring the trials. He'll do all of that. But the Bible says one thing. Listen to this. It says this. It's better to give than it is to... Now, do we believe that? So that means when God blesses me and I can bless others, what's happening? I'm getting blessed. See, the world says, no, to get blessed, you got to what? Get. God says, no, to get blessed, you got to give. So if I leave it to God and I'm used to bless lots of other people... Guess what happens to me? Listen, get it this morning. I'm totally fulfilled in my inner being because that's what I was created to do. That totally goes against the world. Second, 
You don't have to turn back to it. Here's the second part of the prayer. Jabez cried out to the Lord God of Israel, all that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Enjoy God's grace, God's greatness. That's the second part of the prayer. See, Jabez wanted to make a great impact on his world. Let me tell you about Jabez and what was happening. When the book of Chronicles were written, it was during a time when Israel had sinned as a nation. They were taken off, carted off as slaves into captivity in Babylon. They were getting ready to come back to their little nation of Israel. Now the problem was, when they were getting ready to come back, and Jabez was part of that group, when they were getting ready to come back, the nation of Israel, earlier you remember Joshua, just before he had crossed the Jordan River and gone in, God made a promise to Joshua about the land that they were going to take over. And he says, Joshua, watch this, everywhere you're, some of you remember it? Everywhere the soles of your foot, what? Touch, what will be the land? It'll be your land. So you're saying, you just, you go in and conquer all this land. Now, number one, the children of Israel, because of a lack of faith, never accomplished what God wanted. They got some land, but they never got what God really wanted. But here we are, a long time later, and Jabez is getting ready to go back to the nation of Israel. Do you know what the nation of Israel now is? One little province, Judah. All the rest is enemy territory. So what does Jabez pray? God, expand our borders. In other words, get us back to the nation you wanted us to be. More far- We don't know whether he's a farmland, a farmer. We don't know whether he was a herdsman. We don't know what he was. That's all, all we hear is Jabez was a pain. Then he became an honorable man. We don't know what he did. But his prayer wasn't for himself. His prayer was for himself as, as a worker and for the nation to be expanded back. See, it wasn't selfish. It was to get back to what God wanted. Now, when you see that, that is not about prosperity for an individual. Jabez prayed this prayer because he had a passion to grow and do and have all that God wanted. Now, look at Proverbs fourteen twelve. The heart of God initially was for a nation, land, that could be used to house a nation of people who would proclaim the upcoming Messiah. And I reminded the elders of this this weekend, and you need to be reminded this morning. The bottom line to a relationship with God is always people. It's not about buildings. It's not about land. It's not about accumulate. It's about people. If we think about expanding the kingdom of God this morning, the greatest expanse that we can pray for is not new land, is not new territory, is not new buildings. Now, nothing wrong with those. We're doing that. We bought more land. We got all that, all the jazz. That, but the whole purpose of that is one thing, to expand the gospel so people might know him. Look at Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way... That seems right to a man. But what does that mean? It means this. That when men think about life, they have their own plan. They think they can design their own lives. They think, in the religious sense, they know how to please God. Notice, there is a way that seems right to a man. Notice there's a comma, which means there's a great contrast Coming. In other words, their thinking is wrong. Well, what's it say? But 
in the end, it leads to what? Death. So there's a couple things you need to think about that. First of all, this morning, if you're not a Christian, most people who are not Christians believe they can be right with God one way. Good works. Just write by that verse, good thing to put in your Bible, good works are a dead end. You see, if we went out on the street with a microphone this morning and said to people, why is God going to accept you in heaven? The majority of people would say, because I'm a good person. I'm better than so-and-so. I'm better than Timothy McVeigh. Well, big deal. I've done this. I keep the Ten Commandments. That's a lie, even though they believe it. I belong to a church. That's nice. I give money. Wonderful. I take communion. Probably wrongly. Because you don't have a relationship with God. So in the essence of that, it means that most people think they're going to get to heaven by something they do. They're wrong. What is the dead end of that belief? Hell. It's hell. Second, who is going to tell them the truth? That the only way to God is through Jesus Christ who died on the cross. Who? We're a few owls this morning. I'm going to knock an owl. Who? 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 Raise your hand. Raise your other hand. Some of you never thought you'd raise your hands in church. There you are. <laughs> hmm. Who's going to tell them? That's what the expansion of the kingdom of God is all about. It's about people that are lost. Do you realize this morning, outside these doors, when I drove this morning, I, I thought, I looked at my neighbor across the street, kid was watching television. She talked to me maybe two years ago about the Lord. We started a conversation. It's closed ever since. My next door neighbor, who's moved in, wonderful people, as I've shared with them, she's open, but nothing's happening. Last night when I went home, I stopped at a friend's house, a couple just down the street from us, who have come to church now, found their way here, totally revolutionized their life, canceled selling their home, moved to staying here in our neighborhood. He says, can I transport you up to Ohio to a dead church where I used to go to? I said, no, I'm staying right here. So there's good stuff. But I felt for those people as I drove by my street. Do you feel for the people in your neighborhood? Do you feel for the wonderful person, the gal and the guy next to you at work? Great people. Students. Do you know where they're going if they don't change? They're going to a Christless eternity. It's called hell. Forever. Whose responsibility is that? That's what, that's what our expansion of the community is about. It's not about buildings. It's about people. Look it down to verse 27. Same thing, just spoken maybe in a little stronger word. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life. In other words, fear of the Lord, the greatest response to the fear of the Lord means turning to Him as your Savior. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Look what happens. Turning a man from the snares of death. Turning a man from the snares of death. So here we have a man and woman that don't know God. I'm praying for God to use me. The bottom line of all my gifting is going to be about what? People. And it's about what? Turning them from walking the wrong way to rocking to the cross and to accept Jesus Christ. That's, what, that's why we're here this morning. That's why God's left you here. It's not to accumulate things. It's to impact people. So the answer to the who 
is you. And it's me. Now, when I pray for God to minister to me, three areas, and you want to write these down, that God's going to expand my life. Number one, more influence, more responsibility, and more opportunities. As I pray for that, God, God's going to take my life and expand me in those areas. For the kingdom of God, not for my kingdom. Now look down at, uh, go back one chapter, Proverbs 13, verse 4. Interesting verse. Then we'll look at chapter 14 again. It says this, The sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Let me read it to you in the New Living Translation. I love it. It just says this, Lazy people want much, but get little. But those who work hard will prosper and be satisfied. Let me ask you a question. If we're going to expand our territory for God, which means really witnessing to more people, getting involved with their lives, more opportunities, more responsibilities, more influence, is the four-letter word that I'm about to say to you involved in that at all? W O. Okay. Is there going to be any work involved if we expand our territory? Yes. Here's what I find. Many, many Christians this morning are in a rut, a spiritual rut. They're just plodding along in their life. They're doing the religious thing on Sunday, Wednesday. You're just content to do Really nothing. They have no goals for the lost. They have no heart for the lost. They're saved, satisfied, and stuck. Now you have to look at your own life this morning. When I mention a heart for the lost, do you have one? If you do, we'll be praying. We'll also be sharing. You see, I can't put that in you. God wants to put in you. You say, is that the desire of God's heart? Oh, yes, it is. He came to seek and save that which is lost. See, that is primary. The first part of our vision statement is win. It's primary. That will never go away. Some of you say, Pastor Mike, get off this salvation jazz. Why? That's why we're here. The next part is discipleship. Discipleship is just doing what God wants us to do. Hello. And that's to win. You, you'll see later. You'll hear me teach on it. This weekend I was studying it. He who wins souls is wise. It's the book of Proverbs. So you want to be a wise person? You're going to win souls. The fulfillment of our dreams for God is going to require renewed vision. And here comes a tough word. Hard work. Hard work. Look at Proverbs 14, 4. This is pretty simple, pretty plain, but right to the point. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. But from the strength of an ox comes an abundant harvest. Listen to the New Living Translation. An empty stable stays clean, but no income comes from an empty stable. You say, what in the world are you talking about? What does that have to do with anything in my life? Here, follow me. In those days, an ox was used to plow the fields, so there'd be a crop. Now, if there was going to be a crop, what would happen? Eventually, there'd be food, and you could sell some of that food for money. 
Now, yet doing that, if you have an ox and he's in the barn at night, are there any little patties on the floor? And I'm not talking about these patties. Are there any little, you know, <laughs> field muffins? Are there? That comes from an ox. You've got to feed the ox. So, in other words, in the barn are going to be what? Messes. And you say, well, I don't like messes. Well, then fine. If there's no ox, the barn will always be clean and what? Spotless. Wonderful. But then there means, with that, is what's going to happen? There's no harvest. There's no food. And there's no money. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Simply this. In our lives, if we're going to get involved with people and work hard, there's going to be lots of messes. People are messy. They bring problems. More people, more problems. But with that comes life. By the way, I can be a mess myself. Can't you? Just say yes, I know you. Yes, yes. With like, see, just this last week, we had 500 kids in VBS. Look at, look at the artwork, all the neat stuff. Just beautiful, and the whole stage was incredible. Some of you come in this church this morning and say, wait, put that, that's going to leave a mark on the wall up there. Why'd you put that stuff up there? Who cares? And you go over, and you need to just go over to the building, and you see all of these things that the kids had. And you go out here and you see the playground and dirt and the chips are everywhere and there's hand marks on the wall. You say, man, I want a spotless church. Well, we try to keep it spotless, but when there's kids, there's messes. What would you rather have? A sterile environment or 500 kids full of life? When we do our youth thing and building the great backyard thing there for the volleyball, and all, you say, well, I'd rather have a picnic table out there than have kids playing basketball during the week and all this stuff. What good is that? What good is that? See, if, if your mindset's that you're in the wrong church, get your mind straight. Where there is an ox, there's messes, but there's life. When we get involved with people, it's going to be life. God helps us clean up the mess. We're a mess ourselves. Just turn to your neighbor and say you're a mess. Just go ahead and tell them. Just tell them. You're a mess. It is the mess. You know that. You see, fear will paralyze us. It will keep us from, from stepping out and doing what God wants. Don't be afraid to step out and trust God. Pray for God to expand your influence, your responsibilities, your opportunities. God often directs us outside our box, outside our comfort zone, to cause us to trust Him. Don't live life with regrets this morning. Remember what I said to you earlier? If you knew you couldn't fail, what would you attempt for God? Have you ever thought that a big trial may actually be a big blessing? God has plans for our lives, and sometimes it will include trials and hardships to show us the blessings. Jabez prayed that God would enlarge his territory. Pastor Mark said that this is about the passion to grow, do, and have all that God wants for us. We need to expand God's territory and influence by sharing the gospel with our friends, neighbors, and family members. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge us with the prayer that Jabez spoke. Are you willing to expand your territory? This may cause you to be stretched and pulled in directions that you may not be ready for. Pray and ask God for the courage to step out into new territories so that you may be used to bring others into a relationship with Christ. Are you ready to step out and expand? We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues through the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting world a new hope he is giving lord let us hear your lessons for this